My home was in Doonsheen. Eight families in the village, all in the farming business, very, very close to the Atlantic Ocean. They say I was frail when I was born, so custom had to be broken. I was taken to be baptised in a horse and cart into Dingle, baptised there when I was six days old. That was very early for baptisms in those days, but that's the way it was. It lasted for a while because a servant boy we had that time. He was a good worker and a great character. Emigrated to England. His first inquiry when he came home a few years later and he said, tell me, did that little boy come to anything? <laughs> that was the phrase. By then I might have been two years old and uh, in my own memory I was riding horses that it couldn't be true. I was assisted to be a member of the community when the Jubilee nurse came along and she was present at my birth. Somebody else put it in a different way. You wouldn't think he'd last long because my godmother, Mary Quinn, she was a great lady, she was a widow by then. She had spent 20 years in America and came home to marry. So she brought me to Dingle many a time herself and her a wonderful dunk. He could do anything. You didn't tell him at all, you just turned him to the west if we were going to Dingle, make it off himself and he'd pull up where he'd have a bit of shelter. I rallied and before long I was out in the fields. I loved the land. From the day I set foot on a piece of grass, I used to say to myself, this is the world. My older brother, or one of the olders, uh, Nosh, he was the same. And we had many a long day together working in the field. When we, we were working in the fields, when we were maybe four, four years old. But that was the life, out in the open. We regarded nothing as the sky, but the, the earthly thing above us. I loved the working on the field, being there with my father, speaking Irish and sometimes bits of English. But I enjoyed working on the land, and to this day I like to be at the land, we say, doing something, turning sods, putting seeds down watch them mature and so on. We were very apt in all those things at a very, very young age. My father had a herd of 12 cows, 12 cows. Every one of them had a name, you know, it depending on where they were born and everything or bought in the market. There was a name for every horse, every donkey, every cow. I wouldn't go so far as to say on every sheep. We didn't have sheep anyway, but maybe the people that had them on the hills they had, uh, they never knew how many sheep they had, but they'd missed the one if there was one missing. I loved being out in the field, going for the horse in the morning to bring him home, to carry the milk to Dingle. There was always something to do, but great pleasure in doing it, especially if the weather was fine. 
And we weren't beyond if the day was very fine. We'd stretch out in the field and enjoy a bit of the summer and give the horse a break and all that. There were wonderful times, really. And uh, then I'd be on my own with the father in the field and putting the hay together and tidying up things. And the horse was always... The horse was doing everything that day. There was no machinery. I often went for the cows at half six in the morning and then give a hand at the milking, not much. My father and my mother, they used to milk the cows. We'd do a little bit of help and then we'd have the breakfast, shoot off our school, four miles away. I rode for a while. We had right away near the prehistoric graveyard that was there, down through the race course. It was Casey's land. But he did not approve of us going down the middle of fields. He went down by the side and get over there. And he had a shotgun and he'd be firing shots. He'd be a field away. Shots, one after another, up in the sky there when none of them were in danger of doing any harm to anyone. But even though there was a bicycle in every house, the men of the houses, we used to call them, not one of them ever threw a leg over the bike. They wouldn't trust it. If that bike skidded and fell, where would you be? Leave it there. The next generation got up on the bikes. We were near the sea. And you'd always wander toward the sea at some time in the day because an awful lot of what we used to call wreck used to come ashore. Boats that were sunk. And unfortunately, at times, there were bodies of victims of boats being sunk or planes being getting into trouble. The war times were different. Barrels of drinks of many types were washed in near our beach. And people would deny out to things that would be under the water almost, only bare ripple in the top. There's something good in that. Now I remember during the war time when there's, we had no electricity, it hadn't come at all. Paraffin was very scarce. We were watching one day and this thing was being washed in and it was making an odd ripple. It was my father spotted it down and it came in. And it was a battle of wax, wax that makes candles. We brought it home he brought it home on the horse and then broke the timber off it and then the job was to make candles out of it and I was the candle maker break it up we had a pipe out of an old bicycle somebody had and it was thrown in a ditch we got it cut into pieces the length of candles put the wax in over a fire, it would melt. And by then we'd have a potato or to string out of it going through the thing, put a piece of timber across that it would hold it down and then pour the wax in. And we had candles for the war. On three occasions, huge barrels of rum were washed ashore in our place. We didn't get any of them, we had no boat. <laughs> Whoever was first to the boat. 
and they'd be little underwater, they'd be only little above water, but people with the right eye knew what was in them. And one man would stretch on his stomach at the back of the boat and the hands out, and he would eventually get a grip of some sort on it. And the oarsmen then would row to shore. And one area in particular, they had room for the rest of the war. When I left Dingle for the first time, I think I was um, four, 13 years of age when I ventured out of Dingle. We weren't wanderers. I never slept in my life any place except in Dunshield until I left home at the age of 13 going to college in Cork. When I went on a bus to Tralee, going to college in Cork. Times were different. We had to stay a night in Tralee. The next morning we had to get a train and I was never on a train or a bus until then. A train to Cork. Waiting in Cork for a lorry to bring us to the college in Balavod, Nakunda, Corkby. All these things were wondered to us. We had a while to wait for the bus going to out and the hustle and bustle around Cork it was a, a shock to us. We intended walking around but we turned back. If we take a wrong corner how would we know where the bus was at the train? Uh, we hadn't much knowledge about the outer world as we used to call it. The memory of home I believe it stays with most people. When they leave home, they're not really gone. A neighbour of ours when I was young, he lived in New York. And I said to him, you never went home, near Khushuwalari of Jack, I said. I did, he said. The Khus. Every night of the year, nor a Khuigme Makhala, before I go to sleep, Remains an archie. He had been dreaming about home. To this day I hold that you couldn't be born in a better place than Dunshi near the Atlantic Ocean. It was a wonderful place to grow up.